Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review. Stick it up here on the podcast for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, today I'm joined by... Uh, nobody. Juliana is not here. I'm doing this all by myself. It actually feels a bit weird now because um, Juliana has been a part of the show um, for so long that, like, even if she's not read the book, it's always great to kind of bounce ideas off of her. And it feels like I kind of come up with a format early on where I would always just go through, like, different things in the book. Whereas now with Juliana, it's always much more of a conversation. Now I can't have a conversation. So I've gone back to making notes and actually uh, I'm going to go through some of these notes as we, uh, as, as we, <laughs> as I talk about the book. The book is um, uh, A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. I think it's a first novel by her. I looked across on the Goodreads page because I've said, hey, um, uh, first novel before and then so, like an author has read or listened to the review and then is like, hey, it's not my first novel. I've had these others. I mean, sometimes that's self-published authors, uh, but it seems like this is certainly one of the first novels. And it felt like a first novel. Um, like, all the good ideas that often go into first novels uh, and, like, the the, the freedom that uh, a, a novelist will have with ideas and characters and story ideas, which uh, normally, if you're a more experienced writer or, like, a published writer and you've got fans, you've got to kind of meet those expe- expectations and things. But I, I often like people's first, no- like a, could, a competent first novel like this is, a competent first novel is always a delight to read because there's like a, a different fresh take which hasn't been dampened down by like, oh, I've got only a year to write this novel rather than I can spend eight years working on this novel or whatever it is. And lots of ideas can go into people's first novels. Not always the case, but in this case, it, it kind of shines through like the, the freshness of the world building and the freshness of the story ideas and the characters feels very first novel like. And of course, some of the some of the issues that you have with first novels are also there but um by far outweighed by the stuff that i liked about this book um so what do i do oh yes i go to the notes here we go so uh, this the setup for this is um there's a, an empire called the uh, tixkalani empire and it's a it's a global not just a global empire there's a global city um acro- like across an entire globe i'm thinking you know like those uh uh, what is it, Caves of Steel, or whatever it is, you know, these science fiction creations where the whole world is just a city, a bit like Coruscant on uh, on Star Wars, I guess. Um, so you've got this big city, uh, and it's like the capital, the planet-wide city is the capital city for the for an entire empire, which goes across like a big chunk of, let's say, um, the galaxy, I don't know, like a big bit, a big bit of the galaxy, um, not the entire galaxy, but a big bit of the galaxy, and it's an empire which is uh, has slowly grown over time by um, cultural imperialism and just also just annexing um, different systems and taking them over by war. Uh, that hasn't happened for a long time, so there's been a big period of peace and this peace has kind of bred um, unrest in the in the empire and in the capital city and the book starts off with someone who is from a place called Lascelles Station and that's like a small mining uh, colony mining station with pilots and mining going on there uh, we don't spend any time there so we always hear about this place via the ambassador that is sent from Lascelles to um, the Tixkalani Empire 
and uh, and she is there because the previous the previous ambassador has died. Again, this is no spoilers at all. This is all like right in the first part. It's like in the blurb of the book. Um, someone's died. The previous ambassador has died, so she is sent there as a replacement. And um, one of the the main science fictiony ideas, because of course you, you've seen the big like empire span, like you know galaxy spanning empire and all of that kind of stuff. That's been done lots in science fiction. Um, one thing that is uh, new, well not even new. One the interesting twist on this though is that the person who comes along from the cell, the cell who got this um they don't have many people they don't have a large population but so they keep their expertise by recording the memories of someone as they're alive and then implanting like a core in the back of someone's head implanting their memories into somebody who's then going to do their job in the future and then over time the person who's implanted into the head their personality comes through and like affects the personality and memories of the person that they're now inhabiting the brain of and so there's kind of like a balance so the 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 host personality the host human personality is kind of subsumed into this other personality which is you know and these personalities go back 10 generations so you've got like the person the amalgamated personalities of 10 generations in your back of your head and as you get used to that that personality influences you a lot more. The skills that they have influences your skills. The knowledge that they have influences your knowledge. And that's really important if in your entire, uh, I was going to say world, but like your nation or your state or on your on these stations that they have in the cell, um, there's only 30,000 people. And so if you lose a good pilot, you're like, oh no, it's good. We've got a back of that pilot. Let's put that pilot into somebody else's head. Now, this is a fun setup because I really enjoy what happens with this because it could just be like, hey, uh, you put somebody else's personality into your head and this is what the story is about. We've just had that though with Yoon Harley's Nine Fox Gambit which is pretty much exactly that. Okay, we're going to take this general and we're going to put this general's personality into your body and so they can help you try and win this war. And yeah, like it's it's been done. That's been done now for me in uh, in Nine Fox Gambit into a way which is like a five star book. So what can this book do? Which is going to be like ah right. So that's already been done. What can be new? What can be done new with this? And the twist is again not much of a spoiler because this happens like in chapter one or two or whatever. Is that it goes wrong? So she turns up as the ambassador and the implant in her brain is there's a fault in it or something and so this this uh this implant has been in there for like a month or six weeks or whatever it's been since she's been traveling over there and so she's got a bit of knowledge and she's worked out what this this uh, this previous um his previous ambassador's personality is but as soon as she gets dumped into like the real like uh difficult situations where she's having to meet people and you know uh n recognize people and she's had uh, previous relationships oh this this previous ambassador has had relationships with people has made plans all this statecraft stuff but also all the cultural things like she doesn't want to make a, any faux pas she has to work out how to use the language and stuff and the whole point that she is that she'll be able to do this job with this backup brain not a backup brain with this ancillary um thing in her head which is sort of like hey this this person who's going to be coming along with you is going to be helping out all this way um, but then it breaks and she doesn't have that. So now she's cast adrift. And But then other people are like, is this person in there? And am I talking to that other person or is this a new person? So there's just by setting up a technology and going, hey, this is the technology. We all know how this works, don't we? Yes. And it doesn't just go, and now I'm going to do my playing out of this same technology thing that we just read in Nine Fox Gambit. Again, it wouldn't have been the same thing because it is a very different setup. But straight away, we're like, here's the technology. And it's, oh, and it's broken. And now we've got to work out how to get around this broken technology. 
technology. And I really like that about a novel. And I wish more science fiction would do that. So many people like, hey, there's this thing about faster than light travel. So now we're going to, I'm going to do my story where faster than light travel. And, but in this, it's sort of like this trope is new or not this trope. This, this idea is something which, you know, has been done before, but it's sort of been done so well so recently that I can just skip all the steps that have been done in Nine Fox Gambit and go directly into like what happens then if that fails. Also, the uh, the personality backup memory that she has in her head is out of date. It's not the most recent memories of the ambassador that she's replacing. It's 15-year-old memories of the ambassador that she's placing from a backup that he sent home um, in the past. So again, e even what she did have is out of date and everything's out of date. So uh, that is kind of the setup to the book. So it sort of like starts off and it's a bit like, oh, the previous ambassador, like he's dead. How did he die? Like, was he murdered? And it's like, no, he had an allergic reaction to something he ate like wink 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 um and so i was like all oh, right so and this is what the blurb kind of promises as well it kind of says like now mahit mahit is the main character now mahit must discover who is behind the murder rescue or save rescue herself and blah 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 and i was like but when i actually started getting into it i was like mm, that's not really important because the whole point of this technology is that it doesn't matter that the previous person is dead because you've got his memories and backed up and you're just continuing on the line of whatever's going to happen like if they get this if they get this uh, implant fixed that's fine we'll just move on with it so it was really weird to kind of be like oh okay the, the main thing is sort of like you must discover who is behind the murder and I was like I don't really care about that and it seemed like the people in the book didn't really care about that they were like oh you're the new you're the new ambassador we'll just move on like uh you know plans we're just going to do the same thing as before I guess um so uh so yeah it, it was it was one of those one of those strange things I was like I don't really know don't really know what the story is about. And this is another thing that I really like to put about the book, is that the main character, Mahit Desmer, I'm looking here, Desmer, Mahit Desmer. It took me a long time to actually click with her name, Mahit, because Mahit isn't a name that stuck with me, and I'll get onto other names in a minute. But I was just like, all right, she doesn't know what the story is either. So like the first half of the book is the main character discovering what the story is, discovering what the person who was there before her, doing her job before her, what what he was doing, what he was, you know, like wh what relationships that he had and trying to delve into those and work out what's going on. And she doesn't have his knowledge. And there's this, you know, uh, these other... Uh, one, one of the plot points is that um, she sent a... Uh, she sent an encrypted message and the encrypted message is she doesn't know the encryption to it uh, because it's not in her encryption. It's with the person, the person in her brain or the, the, the ancillary personality that's lodged in her brain. He would know how to decrypt that encryption, but it's broken. So she can't. So she doesn't even know what the important messages are that are coming from here. And so this whole first half of the book, which is structurally kind of like difficult to get through in some ways because I was just like, oh, I don't really know what this story is about. I'm not sure what I'm meant to care about. It's just somebody in a, like a stranger in a strange land kind of thing. But then it kind of really kicks off when I realized, ah, on a meta level, the story is about somebody trying to discover what the story is, like where they have, where has she found herself or where have they found themselves into? Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's an interesting not going to go into what happens later on, but it does, like, in the blurb of the book, it's sort of like, oh, we've got to, you know, the, the Texclan Empire is going to uh, maybe want to annex the LaSalle station, so she's got to stop that happening, and, like, what did the previous ambassador do to that, you know, to get her out of that situation? Um, so, yeah, the... Uh, uh, 
what else have I made a note of here as well? Oh yeah, so this device, I'll just say the name, it's called the Imag Imag Imago device. Imago, Imago device? Imago, I think it is. Listen to it as an audiobook, it should be clearer in my head of what this is. Um, but it's talked about in such a like standard way, sort of like, oh yeah, everyone who is good at their job, they get the um, personality of the previous person implanted into them, and blah, 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 like that. And like, I just found this entire, entire um, part horrific. Because it feels really horrific that someone just accepts that they're going to have somebody else's like personality put into them. And then the best thing that can happen, like the greatest honor in life, is that they are going to become a, an extension of a previous like hive mind kind of thing. Anyway, I found that pretty horrific. But that's not addressed within this character at all. For her, it's the most natural thing. And I really like that kind of... Um, the kind of setup where the, it's sort of like yes, you can you can see this is sort of like the sub subsumation of your own personality into something that's implanted into you over time. Like what is that? Could we call that slavery? Is it mind control? Like what is going on there at all? That like the the minds of the like older people who are you know the old powerful people have their minds backed up and then put into younger people and and this is kind of addressed later on in the book. Um, as that technology like rubs up against the what what happens in the empire, um, but uh, at the start of the book, it's just so assumed to be the normal thing to do and an honourable thing to do as well. So uh, so yeah, the, and Mahit as a main character also felt like she was missing half of her personality from the first in the first half of the book because it felt like she she was like cast adrift. She was like, oh, I lived my entire life or the last five years or six years of my life. She's like 26 years old. Like since I've become an adult, I've been assuming that like I don't have to develop uh, and. Uh, like a, and a personality. I don't have to develop a personality of my own um, because when I get one implanted into my head, that's going to kind of fill me out and make me become an entire human. And she gets a bit of a taste in that in the journey to the Empire. But then as soon as she gets there, it breaks and then she's kind of cast adrift. And, and again, that first half of the book is like, oh, I don't have a story and I don't have a full personality of myself. Like, I don't know what the story is and I'm only half a personality and I've got to get through this and I've got to sustain a novel. Again, it's very daring. It's a, it's a like a, as a, a storytelling device or a writing de device. I really enjoy it sort of like at one step removed. It did make that first part of the novel like kind of difficult to get through in some ways because I was just like, mm, why am I caring about this? This character's not really growing on me. But as time goes by, I was like, ah, the whole point is that she doesn't know what the story is and her character, had her personality hasn't had time to grow yet. She's not had any real world experiences which are which are her own experiences. They've all been refracted through the idea of having a personality implanted in her in the future. Um, and or slash um, like being a big fan of this um, this other uh, this other empire that she's going in. And that's a big thing. So like there's 30,000 people in her home um, civilization and she's going to a place where there's like billions or trillions of people. I don't know how many people in the, the you know, in the uh, in the Telex Telex. Tixkalani, Tixkalani, I think I'm getting the pronunciation right, Tixkalani Empire is so huge and it's so overwhelming um, that, you know, she's learnt how to speak the language and she's really into the poetry and all the TV shows and all the, all the culture that comes out of there, she's a massive fan of. Um, so when she, when she arrives, she's sort of like, again, she doesn't even have any own of her own tastes it's all sort of like what's the biggest new thing in the Texcalani empire rather than like what do I actually like and and over the time of this novel she kind of gets her own taste like she gets a because it's then a uh, not from a distance 
Um, it's like she gets her own taste of being like in the empire and seeing what it's really like. What I really liked about the empire is that I mean, it's kind of like a. I wouldn't want to say generic, but it's got lots and lots and lots of different flavors of different empires over time. You know, it feels a bit Roman, it feels a bit、um, Egyptian, it feels a bit sort of like British Empire as well. There's a bit of, I guess, with the name Tlaxcalania, it's a bit sort of like、uh, like South of Central American kind of stuff going on there too.、Um, for me, what I found interesting about it is it, it kind of feels familiar from other. Science fiction novels that I've read, but not in a bad way, but more of a kind of like this is my take on this kind of stuff that's done before.、Um, it, it feels very much like, say, Ian and Banks,、uh, the culture novels. There was often someone from the culture department or special circumstances. They're often an ambassador or an envoy who are from one place, and then the novel pretty much picks up with them setting off or arriving at a new place and trying to fit in. And while the while the places that they're, they're arriving at and trying to fit in is different, it kind of feels like that. You know, an ambassador turning up and exploring a new place, and for a while they're kind of sheltered from like the like the underworld, and they're sheltered from the bad stuff because they're just in palaces and、uh, and everything is all nice because they're they're meeting all the beautiful, powerful, rich people. And then slowly over time, it's kind of like the the edges are explored, like the edges of society, the edges of the new empire in terms of you know politics. And social strata are explored, and the same kind of thing happens in this book. So, again, that kind of feels that kind of felt right. If you know, it it wasn't like it's very good world building, and I'm not. I don't want to talk too much about it because that's kind of a lot of a lot of what the, where the delight is in this book. But it felt kind of very、um, very comfortable, even if some of the even if there's some things about the empire which are pretty weird. And I was just like,、oh, all right, if that's where you're going, that's fine, I guess.、Um, anybody looking at our Current civilization from the outside would be like,、mm, that's a weird choice. But if that's what you're going with, like the names, there's、uh, one thing I really liked about this book is that there's lots of different names. And I think one of the reasons why I had struggle,、uh, why I struggled to keep remembering the main character's name is because it's like a very close. I think third person, mostly third person,、um, third person narrative. But it's sort of very much in Mahit's head, and Mahit, the name, just wasn't standing out to me. And it's because all of the other names. Are like better names because they they each take a number and then an object. So one of the main characters is three seagrass, and then there's twelve、um, azelia and six direction and one lightning and nineteen、uh, something. I don't remember what it is, but it's really great that I'm not having to remember like oh. What, like who is the person with this? So I'm like, ah, right. Make sure that everyone in the book has a different number to begin their name, and that's really great. It's it's the worst thing is when you're reading fantasy books and someone is someone's name begins with L, and it's like Lahandra, and then and then her sister Leandra, and then their mother、uh, Loena, and I'm just like, oh man, all,、uh, all of these, all of this, th- there's all these characters in this one family, and they've all got the same, they've all got the same name, <laughs> not the same name, but all the same fantasy name, which I can't like. It's all snapping to grid, you know. In the when you're doing graphic design, I can't remember where I heard that expression, but like with a name, it kind of where does it snap to grid? It's sort of like ah, Leandra is just the name, so they all become Leandra numbers. They might as well be called Leandra number one, Leandra number two, or Leandra number three. And I'm like, oh, in this case, they've just done that.、It's、three seagrass, twelve azelia, six direction, one lightning, nineteen. Adel, I can't remember what it is, but there's all of these different characters, so it's really easy to immediately do that, like because everyone has different numbers and everyone has different end names as well, and that's what names should be like. They should be in, in fiction,、uh, 
it, it kind of feels like someone has been like, mm, this is character number one, and this is character number two, and this is character number three. And then when they actually get to writing the names, it's like, hey, I'm just going to leave those numbers in place. Again, I don't think that's where it comes from. It's sort of some fun world building behind the, the decision to have some numbers in the names as well. But again, we just we have that all the time. I remember we were in Iceland and I met someone and it was he was Magnus... Uh, Ronaldson and his father was Ronald Magnusson. <laughs> like, that's, that's not helpful to anyone. Uh, but again, different names in different places have different meanings, and this is a good thing. But I'll leave all of the uh, the story, the, the leftover story, and um, world building. I guess where the intersects is with the with the politics of this. Um, I saw this uh, review by I made some notes here from Goodreads because I was I was looking up some uh, that actually how to how to spell or how to uh, remember the uh, some of these different names and I always find Goodreads pretty good because lots of people will will put in a little uh, a, uh, a little recap of the story. Um, so Lindsay said rated it five star. Here's a friend's review rated it five stars. One of my favorite. Pl- Plots in science fiction is Stranger in a Strange Land, where we follow an individual from a culture as they immersed in a different culture. Yeah, so it's some good stuff in there. Someone said, this book is... Oh, let me see if I... I didn't make a note of the name. Um, oh, uh, this is why I didn't make a note of it, because it's Unknown, who is a friend of mine on Goodreads. Rage it five stars. This book... This is the book I wanted Anne Leckie's provenance to be. A thoughtful meditation on empire and succession that also still has comp- compelling plotting and characters who actually do things once in a while instead of sitting around thinking about doing them. Um, and that's, that was pretty much the thing, that, uh, the, the little uh, recommendation here. When I searched for this book, I saw that come up. And that's pretty much what I wanted. It's like, yeah, I do want a book which is a bit like The Consuming Fire by, was it John Scalzi? Which is sort of like, oh, politics and succession and empires and stuff like that. And, and like his provenance. Um, those kind of things are there. But then... In my my disappointments disappointments of those books is that I never know what the politics are behind the politics. Like if it's just like who's going to be in charge or who's going to be in power or who's going to be here. Like it always makes me feel very difficult to care about actually what's going on. And in this one, like I started to care about what it means for LaSalle Station and like who is going to be in charge. Like I say, this this political unrest isn't just about oh I like this person and I want them to be Empire. Like if it's sort of consuming fire by John Scalzi. It's sort of like, oh, the main character is in charge and somebody wants to take over and they want to stay in charge. So I guess we're on the side of the person who's in charge. In this book, I had no connection with any of the people who are in charge, all the pol- political people. There's like, like there's the old emperor and he's got like three or four different, three, I think three, not children, but like three named successors. But nobody's quite sure which one of those three named successors is going to be in charge in the future. And it's all like, okay, well, like, is it going to be this person? And I didn't care about any of them, but I did care about what their policy decisions decisions were going to be about LaSalle Station and other things that are going on in the world. And I realized that the way you make me care about who's going to be in charge once the emperor dies or who, who's going to take over in this coup or who's going to do this is like say, okay, these are the different policy decisions about them and that's the meaningful thing. And you know, it's a bit like Cytine with CJ Cherry, uh, which this book has got a lot of that kind of stuff in it as well um, from CJ Cherry, that kind of style. Uh, is that like, okay, politics isn't just about who's in charge, it's about the policy decisions. Again, I've mentioned that a few times on this podcast, but this book 
did give me enough of that. It's not overwhelmed with politics like Cytine was or like uh, overwhelmed with politics like, you know, Red Mars is, which is a book about politics and how everything is politics. It's still a fun adventure kind of thing where, you know, court intrigue, a bit of romance, you know, all the stuff that you kind of want from this kind of like ambassador arriving in an empire kind of book, which is, you know, exactly what I wanted. It's all of that's in there. Um, but there's enough uh, enough policy and politics in there to kind of uh, satisfy me with that as well. Uh, I have reached the end of my notes and I am a mere 23 minutes into my podcast and I don't know what else I want to talk about. Because um, I've talked about the themes of identity and politics and empire and stuff like that. So let's head over. Let me go open up Audible. Is it Audible? Yeah, let's, let me go to Audible and I'll, uh, and I'll look up how long the book is. I, this was definitely a book which took me uh, a, a bit longer to get into than I thought. I think it is because once I was past that like first two chapters, every time I listened to it, there was this kind of feeling in the back. I sort of like, oh, I'm pressing play now. But like, I don't really know like what I'm meant to be getting up to next. I don't know what I'm meant to be feeling next. Like, what is the next thing that could be that could be along a, a, a here and a lot of it is actually kind of difficult so I found myself rewinding like I put the audiobook on fall asleep and then like just rewind and listen from the same point again and I kept on doing that over and over and that's good in a way because if the book is about like you know who's going to be like what the intrigue is going to be here and what's going on there you know all these different kind of stuff you, you, it, stuff can you know flit by pretty pretty quickly and you kind of need to be concentrating on it. So it was, uh, but once I had more time, when I actually started flying and, uh, and, and traveling, I, I got through the book pretty quickly in the air. 15 hours and 37 minutes. If you want to check this out, it's narrated by Amy Landon. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBRP. And there you can get this book for free if you start a free trial, which you can cancel at any time. Um, I, at the moment, have zero credits available and I've almost finished my next book that I'm reading already. Um, which I'll review probably when I get home because I'm busy today, later today, and then traveling over the next few days. So probably Tuesday next week is when I'll get to review that. And then I can uh, talk about it with Juliana as well, which would be cool. Um, and, uh, and I've got some uh, email feedback from some people as well, which I want to get into, uh, but I don't want to do that myself. So uh, yeah, anyway, check it out. It's a good audiobook. And it turns out, check this out, uh, Teeks Kalan, book number two, Expected publication 2020, A Desolation Called Peace, Tixkalan novel number two. And I'll probably read it because it, it, it tickles that sort of like Ian M. Banks kind of um, stuff. It gives me, you know, it gives me the good feels about uh, court intrigue and ambassadors turning up to empires, which is a kind of novel which I'm totally up for and I would very much like. Look, it's already got... Um, uh, <laughs> It's already got two ratings on Goodread, the, the follow-up book. This book is totally a standalone book. At the end of it, there is some kind of good stuff that happens at the end, happy stuff, heartbreaking stuff. It, it wraps it up very nicely. It doesn't, like, tie off all the loose ends, but it never made me think, oh, this is definitely book one. And in the following book, like, tune in next time, same time next week. You know, it didn't make me think that at all, but I, uh, I very much enjoyed it. Um, let me have a quick look. I'm going to look back and see what, uh, see what some other people... Uh, put here as well uh, something something um, oh yeah uh, almost almost missing it out the uh, lots of kind of 
gender, uh, interesting gender stuff going in this book in the same way, which is which is probably why I, I kind of didn't want to get into it too much. Or I, it kind of it kind of was subsumed into like, oh, I've seen this done before already in Yoon Ha Lee's um, uh, Raven Stratagem, etc. Um, what do you call it? The um, Nine Fox Gambit, that it's um, a, a woman with a man in her head and what that leads to. And though that series is all full of weird stuff like this. Is this character a man portraying as, a, like, presenting as a woman, but who's actually a man who then has a woman put in his head? You know, you get all these different layers. And this book has a little bit of that, like, all of the, the sexuality of all the characters is very fluid. And I guess it must be if you, um, what's well, it? It must be. I guess one of the outcomes, if you keep like mixing the personalities and genders of, of implanted memories in your head, you might be a completely like straight, normal person who is a who is a woman or a man or whatever. And then you put the opposite gender put in your head and then their personality comes with, into you. I'm sure there will be some bisexual kind of stuck very into this. And this book, it doesn't, I mean, it's quite explicit in some of the exploration of that, but how much of that is down to uh, like the the technology and how much is down to culture and how much is just due to oh yeah we're just uh, you know we're just our our society is it's just fine with you know uh, multiple multiple partners in a relationship be they male female whatever and kind of like the internal like like the the hinted at kind of gender fluidity of having different stuff put in your head as well. So I just saw a mention of that. Uh, what else was I looking for here? Nope, I think that's all. I, I can't do, I can't just look at other people's reviews, but what you should do is become my friend on goodreads.com. Um, and I can see what you think of this book and you can follow along with my reading as well. Uh, this podcast will be up in a few days time when I'm no longer on uh, satellite internet sailing across the Atlantic again. Um, but uh, yes, it uh, should be up soon. Uh, that's it for me. You can email me, luke at juggler.net. I do um, read and reply to every email that I get, sometimes by email, sometimes I reply on the podcast. So uh, check out for that in the future. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burge there and on Instagram too. Um, thanks a lot for listening and I'll catch you next time.